0: And there's been an extraordinary reaction to the news that we broke on this show yesterday that Nicola Sturgeon was to step down in a dramatic surprise move uh, as First Minister of Scotland. Um, I know Nicola Sturgeon well. I used to know her very well. Uh, Alex Salmond, of course, used to be uh, her mentor, a man who created her in a way as a politician, uh, a man who was sensible enough to have her as his number two, so that when he left uh, as leader of the SNP in 2014 following the referendum on independence, he had somebody he could hand power over to. She has not done that she has nobody to hand power to and the SNP now finds itself I think in a bit of a vacuum but let's talk to uh, Alex Salmond former first minister of Scotland himself former leader of the SNP now leader of the Albert party Alex very good morning to you Good morning, Mike. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I mean, enough time has now passed. I mean, I know you've been talking a lot about this story because obviously you're right at the heart of it, right at the centre of it, but but I wanted to ask you more about sort of personally how you feel about this because your relationship with Nicola Sturgeon has been uh, all over the place. It's been from it gone from mentor to friend to enemy to I don't know what it is now, But but, you know, she's a remarkable woman in many ways. But I find it incredible that she, as clever as we know that she is, has made so many blunders in recent years that we've led her. She's led herself to this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I never like seeing people resign. So I felt for Nicola yesterday. I mean, I, I've been there, Mike. Yes, it's, it's not an easy process. But you, but you're right to to say that uh, the difference between now and 2014 when I resigned is that Nicola was assuring uh, to become uh, first minister in 2014, and now the. The field for the smp and first minister is wide open uh, i mean there's old guard but, and there's new guard uh, my guess would be they might opt for the new guard on the basis of the the old guard were, were up to snuff then they wouldn't have been overshadowed by nicola sturgeon but anyway the field is wide open because uh, and nicola you know she had many many talents communication obviously during the covid epidemic much better than it was down here but she's, while on independence, left the SNP without a strategy uh, as well as without a leader.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you were to be harsh on her, you would say that she's achieved literally nothing in the field of independence. You know, the referendum result uh, in 2014 would be replicated. We are we are led to believe by the polls, if you look at them now. No more people want independence now than did then. And after eight years, you, you'd call that uh, a pretty hopeless result, wouldn't you?
1: Well, certainly, I mean, you know, Nicola's strength as a communicator, you'd know, have thought would have had more effect on persuading people on independence. I mean, you know, if, you, if you can take a country through COVID, you might think you'd you would uh, you'd be able to succeed on, on independence. I mean, and Nicholas won elections. I mean, that's quite important for a politician. Yes. I mean, you know, if you win elections, you can't do anything. But certainly she hasn't moved the dial of independence. However, Given the fact that independence is now at a much higher level than say it was, you know, twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, you'd be starting from the next leader'll be starting from a high base. You know, when I called that independence referendum with David Cameron back in twenty twelve, independence was at thirty uh, percent. so despite the recent poll setbacks, uh, you know, we're talking about a 50 situation basically, Mike, and that's not a bad place to start from if you're going to conduct a a referendum and independence campaign. The other thing you'd have to say is, you know, the opportunities over the last few years. I mean, uh, have been manifest. I mean, you know, Britain has run like a failed state at the present moment. I mean, <laughs> the prime ministers uh, you're up against uh, haven't been up to much. i'm uh, not up to much. Uh, so that was kind of a big opportunity to make the case. However, you know, a new leader comes in. You. It can be a reinvigoration of a party, a leadership contest. It can be a disaster, of course, like the Tory one last year, but it could be a reinvigoration. Yeah. well, that's, I mean, that's,
0: that's worth thinking about, isn't it? Because there were those in the Tory party who thought, you know, let's have a new beginning, let's get a fresh start, let's get this Truss in, uh, let's get rid of Boris Johnson. And then look what happened, you know, so here we are. I mean, I was thinking this morning as I was coming into work, knowing I was going to be talking to you, I'm thinking to myself, you know, potentially this could be a real disaster for the SNP as an entity because you know, she's made it so much about her in recent times um, and I'm not you know, here to sort of dance in her grave or anything like that but, but she has made it such a cult of personality that without her and her as leader and sitting on the back benches I mean, what's the SNP for? I'm not sure that anyone in Britain could name a single member uh, of the Scottish Parliament SNP team uh, or indeed even the London one now.
1: Well,
0: I can. <laughs> well, I know you can, because I mean, you're, you you should be able to. I mean, I would expect you to be able to do that, but I don't think anybody's ever heard, for example, uh, of Stephen Flynn. I heard him interviewed this morning, and he didn't seem to have a clue what to say or what to do. He didn't know who was going to be the leader. He didn't know what their policy was going to be uh, on transgender rights. He didn't know what their policy was going to be uh, on the new bill that this went through. He didn't seem to know what their policy was going to be on independence. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, look... Uh, you know, Stephen uh, Flynn's a, a relative newcomer, uh, and he'll, uh, he'll soon get uh, used to handling and bamboozling questions from the likes of you, Mike. <laughs> and, and it's not really fair to, to ask the, the newly-elected Westminster leader, you know, firstly, who the next leader's going to be. is going to have to make that backing very careful choice, or what they're going to do about issues like transgender. I mean, one of the puzzling things, Mike, is over just the last few weeks, the number of own goals, unforced errors, like the transgender debate. But that's not a difficult. I mean, it's a difficult, sensitive issue that requires sensitive handling. But, you know, it's easy enough to, to, to square the issue, to find a compromise, to, to accept some of the amendments that were made by the SNP backbenchers, to take the sting and heat out of the issue. The, the big things that the, the SNP government have to face are the problems in health and education. And, and stop, you know, having unforced errors, like not dueling the 8-9 or this ridiculous bottle scheme. Well, exactly. I mean, I
0: mean the idea that, that, that they've even... That's one of their achievements, allegedly, which has gone horribly wrong, is a bottle re- deposit scheme. I mean, is that really... <laughs> is that? I mean, is that really what Scotland needs? I mean, for heaven's sake, I'm looking at some graphs in the Telegraph this morning. Drug-related deaths under Nicola Sturgeon have soared. Life expectancy is getting shorter. Poor children are not catching up uh, with better-off kids. Um, and government deficit lags other nations. I mean, you know, there is nothing good there. And yeah. it seems to me that this whole transgender issue was cooked up because of um, Patrick Harvey and the Green Party, because of this kind of, you know, obsession that Nicola, for some reason, has got about it, and she didn't need to even do it. You know, if she hadn't touched the issue at all, what difference would that have made?
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, if you're a, a, a Scottish nationalist, you don't really want the Daily Telegraph writing your report card, Mike. It <laughs> might be not totally Listen, unbiased we had Alan
0: post- Cochran on yesterday. Now he's back on the front page. He's made his return. Oh, well, well
1: Alan- Alan, Alan will be loving it. I mean, <laughs> you might not dance in Nicholas but Alan will be dancing away with <laughs> island But But you do make a, a serious point, uh, and that is if you look at the the, the difficulties, disasters recent of, of the SNP government, they, they've all got a green source behind them. You know, the Greens have gone into government. They don't like roads or building roads. The A9 promises reneged upon, which is huge in the Highlands, yeah. Uh, and certainly should be now re- uh, re-established as quickly as possible. The Gender Recognition Act, the failure to accept very reasonable amendments c- can only be explained by green pressure. This bottle return scheme is under the control of a... Well, control's the wrong word. It's out of control under the Green uh, green Minister. You know, th- it does seem that the green tail has been wagging the SNP dog, yeah. much to the detriment of the government and the, uh, and the position of... Uh, of the SNP, but also, and what really interests me as leader of the Alabama Party, the position of Scottish independence. So what we're hoping for is somebody emerges out of the pack, and that might happen in a leadership contest. It's happened before. That person will see the opportunity to reunite the the national movement, to to bring in all the people who've been excluded by Nicola Sturgeon. I'm not talking here just about political parties, but I'm talking about the cross-party groups the non-party groups the people who were so prominent during the referendum campaign and did so well uh, and reinvigorate the movement on that basis also try and separate the business of government which is always difficult mike all governments even competent ones have difficulties you have to separate that from the pursuit of independence so, so you, when the government runs into bumps in the road, you don't damage the independence yeah, campaign.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. And I think you've made that point very, very eloquently because of what seemingly Nicola Sturgeon lost sight of is what the SNP is for. And the SNP is supposedly in government, having unseated, you know, the uh, the Labour Party, which was the ruling party of Scotland, an incredible achievement in a way that the Labour Party has been more or less ousted out of what was one of its absolute strongholds in Britain, right? They then get government, they then want to achieve devolution, they get devolution, they get the powers they want, they then push forward for independence, and then they forget about all that and they start messing about with bottles and transgender rights and all the rest of it. And what you've just described to me, Alex Salmond, is your job application for leading the movement because you're the only guy up there that can do it.
1: Yeah, but well, there's a slight drawback. I'm not a member of the Scottish National Party. No, but you Park. don't have
0: to be. You, you've just described not, the movement of independence. It's <laughs> not the Scottish National Party anymore. It's independence, pure and simple.
1: Well, it's certainly true that if you... The, the idea of reuniting the movement is through the vehicle of a, an independence convention, which will bring all the groups together. That's an idea that Nicola herself supported once, but, you know, not more recently. So that would be the way to do it. You, you know, it would be that that through that proposal. But it's, it's urgently needed. Now, What would you be doing? What would that independence convention be doing? Well, two things I can suggest. One, you would focus the independence campaign on issues that are going to be telling and persuading people. Like, for example, we've got a million Scots who can't afford their heating bills in an energy-rich country, in a country which has got energy sources coming out of their ears, can't afford to turn on their heating. That's what matters to people. And also the, the pursuit of self-determination. Scotland's a nation that has a right of self-determination. That right's being denied. That's what's going to get the, the, the backs of people in Scotland up. That's going to, what's going to get the, the hell of burning, or at least smouldering in Scotland, uh, when you when you argue that campaign and not get it stuck in the, the long grass of this problem, that problem, and, and that series of unforced errors. So, you know, the opportunity's there. Remember, the SNP... And this is the difference between a generation ago. It's the most powerful party in Scotland. The national movement is the most powerful political force in Scotland. You know, this, this game is not over. This no. game
0: is uh, there to be played. I'll come back to you to make one more point. But, you know, yes, the game is afoot. And maybe the game has only just begun. Because at the end of the day, without a decent leader, the SNP is not a very united party. Let's face it, there are people... Talking about the possibility of a young woman who's currently chancellor um, who could become the leader, but you know she would be—I would have thought—completely opposed to certainly the transgender act. She's she's a, a, from a, from a small independent church. She's got very conservative views. There are many people in the SNP that you know who are left-wing of Jeremy Corbyn. Well, the, the Free Cup of
1: Scotland wouldn't be mine being called independent because uh, that's one of its. Uh, uh, key aspects, but it uh, probably was been being called small. I mean, it's a fairly substantial denomination. But listen, you know, I, I don't take this stuff about, you know, somebody of a, a faith cannot be really Scotland. All you have to do from that perspective is to say these issues are matters of conscience. So as long as you don't try to dictate other people's conscience, as, they, as you would expect them not to dictate yours, mm. then a whole range of difficult, challenging issues quite legitimately can be placed as matters of conscience, not when you try to to put people through party discipline, uh, as they did in the, gen, in the gender recognition bill. So, I mean, that you know, that doesn't disqualify somebody from, from leadership. And, you know, there are other uh, younger uh, candidates, Ash Reagan, Neil Gray, for example. I, I don't know if, if, if any of these people are up to the... Uh, leading the national movement forward. But one interesting thing happens during a leadership campaign is you, you tend to find out. And it wouldn't be the first time in politics that uh, a relatively unknown figure has emerged to be a be a significant figure. I, I was rather amused by, by, you know, I saw one of the Labour commentators saying that Nicholas Sturgeon's resignation has handed Sir Keir Starmer the keys of Number 10 Downing Street. Uh, if you rely on somebody else to give you the keys of 10 Downing Street, you'll never get them. No. You the people who win are the people who do it for themselves. Uh, you know, Sir Keir Starmer's as ditch water. I mean, you talk about inspiring people.
0: Well, I mean, Peril Sir, usually... Sir Keir Starmer once again blunders his way into a press conference. Um, by the time he'd finished his press conference, and people were starting to write the story up. Nicola Sturgeon resigned. So he's not even made the papers today, unfortunately for him. But one final question I'm going to ask you one more time. If you were asked to unite the independence movement, in whatever role, would you do
1: it? Oh, I, if I was asked to contribute I mean look I've spent a lifetime fighting for this cause I'll continue to fight for this cause I'll do it in whatever uh, role that's, uh, that's available to do it and I'll do it positively and trying to keep people on the vision which I think is, uh, is, is so important for the, the Scottish nation and that's to be self-governing and to take the responsibilities that come with it that, that, that is the way forward for Scotland and, and you know we'll get the occasional highway and byway on the way but I suspect we'll get there in the
0: end, mate. Well, listen, Alex. I suspect we're going to be talking to you quite a lot over the next few weeks and months. So uh, stay where you are. Don't go anywhere. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Alex Salmond, uh, former First Minister of Scotland. Uh, could he be the man that actually takes over? You never know. You know, stranger things have happened.